Well, God bless you. Welcome to the wonderful Words of Life radio program. We are going to be looking at two very specific individuals uh, in the New Testament, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Joseph. And these two individuals were used, actually not used, God worked through them to bring forth uh, the Christ child who was destined to become the Savior of the world. And we're going to see that what God did through these, God will also work through us His plan and purpose for our lives. So, Father, we bless you today. We thank you for this uh, program, this session today. We thank you for your goodness and for your mercy, hallelujah, that knows no end, and that we know and understand that God is for us and there's no one that can be against us. So, Lord, we give you praise. We give you uh, honor and glory in the name of Jesus. Bless this time in the word and we'll give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. We are going to be in um, Luke uh, chapter 26. We're going to be looking through 56, uh, those verses. And uh, we're going to be talking about Mary and Joseph, two ordinary people, just common folk. Uh, Joseph was a skilled tradesman. Mary was a young virgin, possibly uh, around 13 years of age. That was usually the marrying age uh, for uh, Jewish, uh, young Jewish women. Um, and we can derive from the genealogies of Jesus Christ found in Matthew and Luke that both Mary and Joseph were in the line of David. And that's very significant because we understand that the, no king from Israel had... Uh, had sat on the throne of the nation of Israel for 600 years. 600 years, uh, the, the nation of Israel uh, was not a sovereign nation. They were a subject uh, to different empires and to, uh, you know, different kings that the, these empires uh, caused to sit upon uh, the, the thrones. And, and, of course, we also know that Herod uh, was the king at the time of Jesus' birth, but he was not a Jew. He was an Idumean. And he was set upon the throne uh, of, of, uh, of Israel, of Palestine, rather, by the Roman Empire. And so, but here we have the story that God is going to fulfill the covenant uh, that he made with King David when he said, and we're going to read this here. Well, let's just go ahead and read it. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And there will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace, on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. And then in Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 15 through 17, notice it says in those days at that time, I will cause a righteous branch of David to spring forth. And he, notice the masculine gender, and he shall execute judgment, 
justice rather, and righteousness on the earth. In those days, Judah shall be saved and Jerusalem shall dwell in safety. And this is the name by which she, notice that, notice the the, uh, feminine gender, and she shall be called the Lord our righteousness, speaking of the nation of Israel. But this has a far greater implication. This she, this feminine, is also uh, is forecast to be the church made up of Jew and Gentile. Remember, there's only three races of people that God recognizes. That is the Jew, that is the Gentile, and that is the church of God. She, speaking of the nation of Israel, amen, that also includes uh, the church, of the Lord Jesus Christ. (laughs) Praise God. And finishing out verse 17, for thus says the Lord, David shall never lack a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel. So we see this uh, 600 silent years from the last king of Israel until the birth of our Savior, who will become the king of Israel, and his name is Jesus Christ. Praise God. Amen. All right, let's get into the word of God. Now, Luke chapter 1, verse 26, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth. And we remember the first part of the uh, this chapter, Luke chapter 1, concerns Zacharias and Elizabeth, two blameless people of God uh, uh, involved in the priesthood that were ministering. And God appeared through the angel Gabriel to Zacharias and told them that he would have a son and his son's name would be John and he would be the forerunner of the one to come. And so here we are now. And uh, once again, let's let's read verse 26. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was John. They had not consummated the marriage. They were not living together. Mary was still in her parents' household. Only the contract had been signed. Now, both of them uh, were Mary and Joseph were descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Notice these are all uh, statements concerning the covenant. Mary and Joseph both were in covenant. Joseph, after born, after he was born on the eighth day, he was circumcised and made part of the covenant. Women were included. They, you know, they, they could not be circumcised, but they were included into the covenant, especially through marriage. And uh, behold, now this is verse 31, and behold, you will conceive. Now, I want you to notice faith in this statement. You will conceive in your womb. And let me go ahead and add this in. And you will bear a son and you shall name him Jesus. Verse 32. And he will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Wow. 
Verse 33, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. <laughs> Praise God. Doesn't that just bless you, brother and sister? Praise God. This is who we're talking about. We're talking about the one who came, the one who is, hallelujah, and the one who's coming again. Praise God. He is great. He's called the son of the most high. The Lord God has given him the throne of his father, David, and he and he's reigning over the house of Jacob forever. That will be fulfilled in the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and his kingdom will have no end. The kingdom of God is working in you and me right now. Praise God. And that kingdom will never end. Now, here's an interesting fact that Joseph. Joseph was 40 plus generations from the life of King David. Now, the name of Zacharias, his name means the Lord remembers. <laughs> the Lord does not forget anything, especially when we're talking about covenant. God has a plan. His plan is an eternal one. And he's working his plan through these two common people, Joseph and Mary. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, what is God working through you? I guarantee you, he is working through you and it will be good. All right. Now, verses 34 and 38. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. For that reason, the holy offspring shall be called the son of God. Once again, notice the definite terms by which the angel is speaking to Mary. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the most high will overshadow you. And for that reason, the holy offspring shall be called the son of God. Amen. That's the conversation of faith. Well, why don't we have that same conversation in our lives concerning the word of God? Because God said that it shall come to pass. Everything, every promise of God in the word of God shall come to pass. Hallelujah. So we can have the same confidence that the angel Gabriel had uh, concerning the forthcoming of the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one. We can have that same confidence now and we can say it shall be done. Now, notice what else the angel says. Uh, verse 36, and behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who used to be called barren is now in her sixth month of pregnancy. Verse 37, very important verse. For nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible to him that believes. And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, be it done to me according to thy word. That is so important. According to thy word. That's how we operate by faith in this covenant that we have through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is according to God's word. We could say it this way. It's according to thy word. This will be done. This shall be done. Praise God. And so Mary accepted by faith. 
what Gabriel said to her. She didn't understand what God was doing, but it didn't matter. She accepted it by faith. Faith now is the key to receiving covenant blessing. Amen. Faith in God's promise was all that is necessary. It was all that was necessary on Mary's part. She had nothing else to impart. She had no gift, anything to offer. All she did was said, be it done according to thy word. That's all that was required of her. Everything else God did. Praise God. So when Mary said, but how? How's this going to be? I've never slept with a man. I'm a virgin. I've never known a man sexually. Also including Joseph in that statement. And then when the angel told her, she said, well, let it be done. Be it done. No, didn't say let it be done. Excuse me. She said, be it done to me. Be it done to me. See the statement of faith. Be it done to me according to that word. Now, that's a very interesting statement. Because in the book of Psalms, in Psalm 119, I'm telling you, seven times this statement, according to thy word, is made. And I want to read these to you. This will really bless you and encourage you. Psalm 119.9, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to thy word. Psalm 119.25, Quicken thou me according to thy word. That is also mentioned in the 154th verse of this psalm. Psalm 119.41, Let thy mercies come also unto me according to thy word. 119.58, I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. Verse 76, let, I pray, thy merciful kindness be for my comfort according to thy word. Verse 169, let my cry come near before thee. Give me understanding according to thy word. Verse 170, let my supplication come before thee, deliver me according to thy word. So according to the word of God, you and I, by faith, we have cleansing, we have quickening, we have mercy, we have favor, we have comfort, we have understanding, and we have deliverance. Anytime we need any one of these or all of these, they're available according to God's word, according to his covenant. Think about that. Cleansing, quickening, mercy, favor, comfort, understanding, deliverance are all available to us today, right now, this very moment. You're listening to this broadcast. All of these are available to you, but it's through thy word, according to thy word. God's not a liar. If he says we can have these things, we can have them. Praise God. Amen. They're part of our treasures. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. So faith is the key to receiving God's covenant blessings. And Mary was in faith. She simply said, 
Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, the servant of God, the slave of God, the bond slave, one who willingly has become totally and completely submitted to the Lord God. Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, be it done to me according to thy word. Praise God. All right, now verses 39 through 45. Now at this time, Mary arose and went with haste to the hill country, to a city of Judah. She went immediately with haste. She wanted to see this thing. And also she wanted to Elizabeth to know what God is doing in her. And she entered into the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. Now, the name, uh, the, what the name Zacharias means is the Lord remembers. And what the name Elizabeth means is remembers his oath, his oath. Oath is part. It's one of the signatures of the covenant. God made oath to Abraham and he fulfilled that oath. He's made oath to us through the Lord Jesus Christ, and he will fulfill every one of his oaths to us. All the promises of God are yes and amen, praise God, to us. Amen, the call upon his name. And it came about that when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. It was the angel Gabriel that told Elizabeth that the baby in her womb would be filled with the Holy Ghost while he was in her womb. This is the fulfillment of that. And included with that, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed among women are you, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord, notice uh, Elizabeth is receiving this by revelation now, that the mother of my Lord should come to me. For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. Joy. That's one of the signatures. That's one of the evidences of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Amen. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. So here it is. The Holy Spirit reveals to Elizabeth that the child Mary is carrying is the Messiah. And both women are blessed because of God's covenant. He struck with Abraham, Moses and King David 40 plus generations before God remembers his covenant. Amen. All right. Now, verse 46 through 56. And Mary said, my soul exalts the Lord and my covenant has rejoiced in God, my savior, for he has had regard for the humble state of his bond slave. She calls herself a bond slave again. Praise God. One who willingly has submitted to the Lord God. For behold, from this time on, all generations shall count me blessed. So she knows that this, what is done here, this is the Messiah working in her, and Messiah will, be, will live forever throughout eternity. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is upon generation after generation towards those who fear him. He has done mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who were proud in the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and has exalted those who were humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty handed. 
He has given help to Israel, his servant, in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers. Notice what Mary's doing. This unction that she has from the Holy Ghost, praise God. Notice how in definite terms she's prophesying and she's relating to the word according to thy word. Don't ever forget that. It is according to thy word according to the word of God. Verse 55 again, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his offspring forever, and Mary stayed with her about three months and then returned to her home. Praise God. So we see in verses 47 and 48, how Mary accepts what's happened to her and she does it with praise and she's exalting the Lord. And notice how she's called a favored one, which is an oath of the covenant. It was a blessing. And that blessing in this intercourse is mentioned five times, five times, five being the number of grace. Blessed comes from the Greek word. In this case, it's the perfect passive participle. Amen. And it means to be highly favored by God and blessed above all other women. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. And notice how in verse 28, going all the way back in chapter 1, verse 28, and the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. In verse 42, and she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. That's the blessing of Elizabeth upon Mary. Verse 45, and blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Notice that. For there shall be a performance. There is a performance that God has obligated himself to concerning the covenant that he has between you and me and all those who are shed, who have been saved by the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. There shall be a performance of those things. What God has promised to you and to I, he will do it. Amen. Praise God. And then verse 48, for he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden for behold, from henceforth, all generations shall call me blessed. Now, isn't that interesting how that has happened for the last 2000 years? Now, this word blessed is a different Greek word, and it means extremely blessed, extremely blessed, blessed above all women because she is the one that is bringing, bearing and bringing forth the Christ child. So this is the highest blessing that's bestowed upon Mary, uh, the mother, the Virgin Mary, the mother of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, one thing we need to see here is that no man had anything at all to do with the birth of Jesus Christ. This holy offspring that Gabriel spoke of shall be called the Son of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Joseph was just like a surrogate. He was not the father. He was not the father of the Lord Jesus Christ. This was a thing done without man. And this is true with all the covenants. Every covenant. Man had nothing to offer. In order for God to cut the covenant, the burden and the obligation upon every covenant was God and God alone. Hallelujah. Amen. Going all the way back to Cain and Abel. So we see that the blessing of the covenant 
It just didn't stop with the salutation of Mary. We see all the way through the years, amen, that the church is included in this covenant, in this blessing. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2, for by grace we've been saved through faith and not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. That we who are of the Gentile race, that once we were excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, at one time we were strangers and foreigners to the covenants of promise. At one time we were without hope. We were without God. But now in Christ Jesus, we who were formerly far off of the covenant blessing have now been made near by the blood of Christ. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. And if we go all the way back to Genesis chapter 15, and we look at the covenant that God had cut with Abraham. Hallelujah. This is so significant. Abraham just simply believed the Lord and it was considered righteousness. God held him in right standing then. But notice that Abraham believed in the Lord before God would cut a covenant with him. And we know that covenant included uh, the, the sacrifice of animals, that they were, that they were uh, cut and they were split in half and they were laid in two rows side by side with a, an area that the covenant partners could walk through. And this goes all the way back to the time of Abraham, even before that. Amen. This was something that was done between individuals, between parties or between men when uh, they were going to cut the covenant with one another. Hallelujah. So this is the ancient form of cutting a covenant. And you'll read that in, in Genesis chapter 15. You know how the victims, the animals were cut in half and laid each half opposite the other. And then the two parties would walk between the halves hand in hand and consummating the covenant, making the oaths and the promises and also the cursings if the if the covenant is broken. And uh, we'll we'll read verse 12 in Genesis chapter 15. Now, when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram and behold, terror and great darkness fell upon him. This is concerning the future. God is take. God is saying to Abraham what is going to happen to his uh, to his, the race that comes out of his loins. Amen. But now verse 17 is significant Two these two verses are significant. And behold, verse 17, and behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a flaming torch was passed between these pieces. Well, what was or who was the smoking oven? <laughs> Amen. Who was the flaming torch? That is the Lord God. And that is the Holy Spirit. Well, then who represents the two pieces of flesh? It's the Lord Jesus himself. God, the Father and God, the Holy Spirit are walking. They're making covenant. They're, they're giving oaths. Amen. Walking through and in between these two pieces. That ground was bloody. They were walking through the blood. Listen, this is speaking of the future redemption where Jesus would give himself upon the cross for you and for I. And the significant factor is this, that God's covenant involved only the Godhead. 
Nothing was demanded of Abraham but faith on his part. And God made this covenant with Abraham and bound himself to it. And the promises of the covenant to Abraham would be that he would receive the blessings. And I like the way James says this in in his writings in chapter 2. Was not Abraham our father justified by works, actions that prove faith when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar? We see this in later chapters, 22. You see that faith was working with his works. Faith was working with his works. Faith was working with his works. And as a result of the works, faith was perfected. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You and I are friends of God because we've entered into a covenant with him through the precious blood of Jesus by faith. Faith is what enables us to become uh, the friend of God. Praise the Lord. So we see two common people, Mary and Joseph. They enter into a covenant. Hallelujah. Amen. Joseph through circumcision, uh, Mary through inclusion. God remembered this covenant. And 40 generations later, he blesses Mary and he blesses Joseph. Amen. And that baby in, in Mary's womb became the son of God, became, amen, the Messiah of which you and I now have been grafted in to this covenant uh, through faith in his blood. What a wonderful, wonderful story to tell. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.